Welcome to a special Black History Month presentation of Black Woman Walking, presented to you courtesy of Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministries, Reader's Theater. The Reader's Theater is where we bring our stories to life. Today, we bring to life the stories of brave women who have dared to step out on faith and move with courage. Throughout our history, there have been many black women walking, walking to eradicate hate, walking for equality, walking for civil rights and walking for change. Today, we honor these women in this Black History Month's Reader's Theater, Black Women Walking, performed by Vernay Taylor, Kiana Jones, and Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones. I hope you enjoy. Black woman walking and stepping with courage. When you see a black woman walking, don't you know she has stepped through some stuff? Through sickness and pain, shame and disdain, tribulations, she has had more than enough. Slave owners rapes and life-threatening escapes. Sons, daughters taken, sold to the next plantation. Masters, bruises and whips, all her all dignity stripped. Oh, time will not permit me to tell all. I know that's the truth. Truth is right. How many of you know that the truth will set you free? Sojourner Truth was a black woman walking. She traveled up and down the land from Northeast to Midwest, speaking for women's suffrage. In slavery, she spoke in protest. Well, children, where there is so much racket, there must be something out of kilter. I think that twixt the Negroes of the South and the women at the North, all talking about rights, the white man will be in a fix pretty soon. But what's all this here talking about? That man over there says that woman needs to be helped into carriages and lifted over ditches and to have the best place everywhere. Nobody ever helps me into carriages or over mud puddles or gives me any best place. And ain't I a woman? Look at me. Look at my arm. I have plowed and planted and gathered into barns and no man could heed me. And ain't I a woman? I could work as much and eat as much as a man. And when I could get it and bear the lash as well. And ain't I a woman? I have borne 13 children and seen most all sold off to slavery. And when I cried out with my mother's grief, None but Jesus heard me, and ain't I want it. Then they talk about this thing in the head. Uh, what's this they call it? Intellect. That's it, honey. What's that got to do with women's rights or Negroes' rights? If my cup won't hold but a pint, and yours holds a quart, wouldn't you be mean not to let me have my half little measure full? 
than that little man in Blackville. He says that women can't have as much rights as men because Christ wasn't a woman. Well, where did your Christ come from? Where did your Christ come from? From God in a woman. Man had nothing to do with him. If the first woman God ever made was strong enough to turn the world upside down all alone, well, these women together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right side up again. And now they is asking to do it. The men better let them. So much obliged to you for hearing me. And now old Sojourner ain't got nothing more to say. Black woman walking. They called one woman Moses. Harriet Tubman, a runaway slave who made 19 trips south and through her bravery helped more than 300 people escape slavery. I grew up a neglected weed, ignorant of liberty, having no experience of it. I had reasoned this out in my mind. There was one of two things I had a right to do, liberty or death. If I could not have one, I would have the other. I would fight for my liberty so long as my strength lasted. And if the time came for me to go, the Lord would then take me. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Also remember, you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. In my dreams and visions, I seem to see a line and on the other side of that line were green fields and lovely flowers and beautiful white ladies who stretched out their arms to me over the line, but I couldn't reach them no how. I always fell before I got to the line. Then one day I had crossed the line. I was free, but there was no one to welcome me to the land of freedom. I was a stranger in a strange land. Now I've been free. I know what dreadful condition slavery is. I have seen hundreds of escaped slaves, but I never saw one who was willing to go back and be a slave. I think slavery is the next thing to hell. If a person would send me and another into bondage, he would. And it appears to me be bad enough to send him into hell if he could. But I would make a home in the North and bring them here. God helping me, of course. I was the conductor of the Underground Railroad for eight years. And I can say what most conductors can't say. I never ran, ran my train off the track. And I never lost the passenger. I freed thousands of slaves. I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew that they were slaves. Well, God did help Miss Tubman and she continued to help others and founded a home for the aged and needy in Auburn, New York. You know, there was another sister who also became a founder, a co-founder of the NAACP 
1909. Well, sister, tell us, who are you talking about? Well, Wells, Ida B. Wells Barnett. Now, Sister Barnett was a journalist and a crusader against the horrors of lynching. She encountered great threats to her life, but walked on unflinching. Lynched for no offense. Perhaps the most characteristic feature of this record of lynch law for the year of 1893 is the remarkable fact that five human beings were lynched and that the matter was considered of so little importance that the powerful press bureaus of the country did not consider the matter of enough importance for which they were hanged. The way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. Not only is it true that many of the alleged cases of rape against the Negro are like the foregoing, but the same crime committed by a white men against Negro women and girls is never punished by mob or the law. A leading journal in South Carolina openly said some months ago that it is not the same thing for a white man to assault a colored woman as for a colored man to assault a white woman because the colored woman had neither finer feelings nor virtue to be outraged. Yet colored women have always had far more reason to complain of white men in this respect than ever white women have had of Negroes. When I see the same enormities practiced upon beings whose complexion and blood claim cringed, kindred with my own, I curse the perpetrators and I weep over the wretched victims of their rapacity. Indeed, truth and justice demand from me the confession that the Christian slaves among the barbarians of Africa are treated with more humanity than the African slaves among the professing Christians of civilized America. And yet here sensibility bleeds every pore for the wretches whom fate has doomed to slavery. One had better die fighting against injustice than to die like a dog or a rat in a trap. Ida B. Wells Barnett, one black woman walking. Black woman walking, moving by faith and stepping with courage. When you see a black woman walking, don't hinder her journey. Let her pass through. Through her visions and decisions, she will encounter collisions and divisions. But with God's help, her obstacles she will subdue. Mary McLeod Bassoon was a black woman walking. Boldly with a dream to educate women, her vision she did explore and opened a school for girls, now Bethune Cookman in 1904. The true worth of a race must be measured by the character of its womanhood. Very early in my life, I saw the vision of what our women might contribute to the growth and development of the race if they were given a certain type of intellectual training. I long to see a woman, Negro women, hold in their hands diplomas that spoke achievement. I long to see their accomplishments recognized side by side with any woman, anywhere. The whole world opened to me when I learned to read. That is why I leave you love. I leave you hope. I leave you the challenge of developing confidence in one another. I leave you a thirst for education. I leave you a respect for the use of power. I leave you faith. I leave you racial dignity. 
I leave you a desire to live harmoniously with your fellow man. I leave you finally a responsibility to our young people. Invest in the human soul. Who knows? It might be a diamond in the rough. Well said, Mother Bethune. You have surely accomplished a lot. And speaking of accomplishments, one sister's writings are widely acclaimed. She made literary tracks on every road she traveled. Her name was Zora Neale Hurston, an anthropologist, folklorist, and novelist who wrote, Their Eyes Were Watching God. She wrote about Black culture, presenting no facade. Honey, the white man is the ruler of everything as far as I've been able to find out. Maybe it's some place way off in the ocean where the, the black man is in power. The white man throw down the load and tell the nigger man to pick it up. He pick it up because he have to, but he don't tote it. He hand it to his woman folks. The nigger woman is the mule of the world as far as I can see. Now wait a minute, Sister Zora. I know you didn't just use the N-word. And what are you talking about? I ain't nobody's mule. Honey, I done been in Sorrow's kitchen and I done licked out all the pots. Yeah, I know what you mean, Sister Zora. Cause I shall not have been a mule. I have some good men in my life, good men, but I didn't have enough sense to appreciate them. Uh -uh. But I carry the bad ones and all their stuff their mess, just like an old mule. I done died in grief and been buried in the bitter waters. And I done rose again from the dead like Lazarus. Yeah, me too, sister. I rose up. I rose up and kicked that man right out of my house. Said he would marry me someday. And he was working. And who do you think was paying all the bills? Girl, I ain't even going there. But you know what? I got myself together. Now, I know my value. And I am going somewhere and I cannot be stagnant. I got to keep on moving because I am a black woman walking. Walking. Hmm. Just like Bessie Coleman. Bessie Coleman was a black woman walking. No flying? Flying? Yes, flying. Her steps took flight and her racial feats proved immense, for she was the first African-American to receive an international pilot's license. Miss Coleman, so tell me, why did you want to fly? Well, I knew we had aviators, neither men nor women, and I knew our race needed to be represented. So I felt it my duty to risk my life to learn aviation. Besides, the year was 1921. We must have aviators if we were to keep up with the times. But what about the prejudice that you faced, Miss Coleman? The air is the only place free from prejudice. But what if they don't let you fly? I refuse to take no for an answer. Is that why you opened your school? I decided that Blacks should not have to experience the difficulties I had faced. 
So I decided to open a flying school and teach other black women to fly. Do you know you have never lived until you have flown? Well, alrighty now. Bessie Coleman, one more black woman walking. Uh, no. No flying. Flying, yes, flying. Black woman walking, moving by faith and stepping with courage. When you see a black woman walking, just know she's left over hurdles of hopelessness. But in pity, she did not wallow, for she's a groundbreaker, a trailblazer, a mover and a shaker, making the road easier for others to follow. Marian Anderson was a black woman walking. She tried through racial barriers when not permitted at Constitutional Hall, and she became Metropolitan Opera's first black soloist, as I recall. Miss Anderson, are you mad at the Daughters of the American Revolution? I understand that this organization owned Constitutional Hall and in 1939 did not permit you to sing there because you were black. I forgave the dark years ago. You lose a lot of time hating people. I suppose I might insist on making issues of things, but that is not my nature. And I always bear in mind that the mission is to leave behind me the kind of impression that will make it easier for those who follow. As long as you keep a person down, some part of you have to be down there to hold them down. So it means you cannot soar as you otherwise might. That is the truth, Sister Marion. We must always take the high road. When I sing, I don't want them to see that my face is black. I don't want them to see that my face is white. I want them to see my soul, and that is colorless. I guess you face much prejudice in your day, Miss Anderson. Prejudice is like a hair across your cheek. You can't see it, you can't find it with your fingers but you can keep brushing it because the feel of it is just irritating. None of us is responsible for the complexion of our skin. This fact of nature offers no clue to the character of the quality of the person underneath. Well, that was well said, Miss Anderson. You are one classy lady. I am glad you didn't let anything stop you from dreaming of singing. When you stop having dreams and ideals, well, you might as well just stop altogether. Mm. One gospel pioneer definitely made the road easier for others. She didn't stop for her dreams. She created a whole new form of singing. Her name? What's her name? That was Willie Mae Ford Smith. Ah. Willie Mae Ford Smith. <laughs> yes, an anointed soloist and evangelist. Gospel music she did transform by introducing the song in the sermonette style where she performed. When I sing, I always have emotional gestures. I sing with my hands, I sing with my feet. When I got saved, my feet got saved too. I believe we should use everything we've got. I'm singing for Jesus and not for formality, not for financial gain. Everybody wants to be the big star, but you take the word star and juggle letters around and you get a rats instead of star. Stardom is nowhere. My obsession is so safe. 
Mother Smith, can you do a song for us, please? Yes, please sing for us, Mother. What do y'all want me to sing, children? Can you just do one verse of Higher Ground? All right. Y'all help me out now. Okay. We will. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Wow, that was so good. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. You know, there were other sisters who asked God to help them plant their feet on higher ground. And these were the early women ministers. Like one woman born a slave in 1766 and simply known as Elizabeth. Sister Elizabeth, the first black woman to preach in 1808, preached for 50 years, even though her calling to ministry, many did berate. They said things like, Sister Elizabeth, by what and whose authority do you speak? Hmm. And who gives you the right to preach? Are you ordained? Not by commission of man's hands. If the Lord has ordained me, I need nothing better. My sisters, you gotta know for yourself that the Lord has called you to preach. I will tell you plainly, at first I questioned God when he told me to carry his message. My Lord, my Lord, I thought, I can't even just read. I can only just read a little bit. How in the world am I gonna deliver a message when I don't even understand scriptures? I'm telling you the truth, I struggled in prayer. Oh, yes, I did. And I prayed and I prayed until I was sure it was his will. Now, I am resigned to sacrifice all for my Lord. Listen to me, sisters. Don't you let any man or any woman tells you that you can't carry a message for the Lord when you know God told you to. You go on, you preach, you preach the gospel in season, out of season. You go preach and tell the sinner man and the sinner woman to flee the wrath to come. Let the whole world know about the spiritual wickedness in high places. Some people won't let won't like your message. They'll hate you too. I tell you, you'll have to suffer persecution, but the Lord will be with you. Even if you have to walk right by yourself, don't you give up. Don't you know the Lord will walk with you? Every hard trial, yes, he will. I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. All I want Jesus 
to walk with me. Woo. Black woman walking, moving by faith and stepping with courage. When you see a black woman walking, you can bet she's been battered from many fights as she's been jailed, assailed, nailed and derailed to obtain her God-given civil rights. Rosa Parks was a black woman walking. On the bus she sat that day and refused to give her seat to segregation, which initiated Supreme Court ruling that changed the nation. I refused to go along with the unfair rules. Back in the segregation days when I was downtown, I walked up and down the stairs rather than ride elevators marked colored. Often, I walked a mile from home to work and then back again rather than ride the bus because the buses were the worst of the, the options. I walked past the water fountains marked colored and waited until I got wherever I was going to get me something to drink. I have never allowed myself to be treated as a second-class citizen. You must respect yourself before others can respect you. Mrs. Park's stand sparked a bus boycott. And in 1956, the Supreme Court ruled that segregation on city buses was unconstitutional. Rosa Parks, one black woman walking, and one civil rights leader was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Fannie Lou Hamer marched to and fro to encourage blacks to vote. And I'll tell you what, this woman went through was certainly no joke. Ladies and gentlemen, I am delighted to have on my show today, the honorable civil rights activist, a native of Mississippi, Fannie Lou Hamer. Mrs. Hamer, let's go back to June 9th, 1963 in Winona, Mississippi. You and several others were returning home on a Greyhound bus, I believe. Your group had been holding teacher training classes for voter registration in Charleston, South Carolina. Several of you were jailed and arrested. Tell us, what happened to you in that jail cell? Well, the police took me to the bullpen where there were two black inmates and five other officers. He handed one of the inmates a huge blackjack and said, be her until she wishes she were dead. So the inmate told me to lie down on the bed. I had to get over on the bed flat on my stomach and that man beat me. That man beat me until he gave out. And then the officers in the room joined in and started beating me. Mrs. Hamer, I cannot fathom the pain and the horror you endured. It's a miracle they didn't kill you. Well, you know, at one point, the pain was so unbearable that I began wishing the inmate would Give me one hard and final blow to put me out of my misery. So did they give you any medical attention afterwards? <laughs> oh, you must be kidding. After the beating stopped, I almost passed out because I could barely stand. 
The jailer just looked at me coldly and said, you can walk. So I walked, barely making it out of my cell and collapsed. Oh my goodness. <sighs> what amazes me, Mrs. Hamer, is that after that terrifying jail experience, you continued to fight for civil rights. Well, with God's help, I carried on. You can't stop. You have to stand up for what you believe in. You can pray until you faint. But unless you get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. And you helped so many people sign up to vote. How many were there in Mississippi? Uh, it was the, the 31st of August in 1962 that 18 of us traveled 26 miles to the county courthouse in Indianola to try to register to become first-class citizens. We was met in Indianola by policemen, highway patrolmen, and they only allowed two of us in to take the literacy test at that time. Well, that hardly seems fair to me. It's a wonder that you didn't just give up on the whole thing. Well, that's why I want to change Mississippi. You don't run away from problems. You just face them. Well, I'm sure glad you stood your ground, even with two or three people by your side. Well, there's one thing you have to learn about our movement. Three people are better than no people. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Fannie Lou Hamer, one black woman walking. Don't forget that black women were not only walking and flying, but also running. Wilma Rudolph was a forerunner. She was the first African-American woman to run so fast that she won three Olympic gold medals. Now that's unsurpassed. Unsurpassed is right, especially considering that during her childhood, Sister Rudolph suffered from double pneumonia and scarlet fever, and her leg was paralyzed due to polio. She even had to wear a leg brace. Wow, she was a running miracle. The doctors told me I would never walk, but my mother told me I would. My mother was the one who made me believe that one day it would be possible for me to walk without braces. You know, it would be very sad if I was only remembered as Wilma Rudolph, the great sprinter. To me, my legacy is to the youth of America, to let them know that they can be anything they want to be. You did indeed. You won so many races. Well, winning is great, sure. But if you are really going to do something in life, the secret is learning how to lose. Nobody goes undefeated all the time. If you can pick up after a crushing defeat and go on to win again, you're going to be a champion someday. How did it feel to win those gold medals? Well, the feeling of accomplishment welled up inside of me. Three Olympic gold medals. I knew that was something nobody could ever take away from me, ever. You created a wonderful legacy. I know you're very proud of your great accomplishments. Yes, I am, but no matter what accomplishments you make, somebody helps you.
When you come from a large, wonderful family, there's always a way to achieve your goals. Thank you for sharing your life with us today. It was an honor having you visit with us. Wilma Rudolph did leave a legacy for our youth. She established the Wilma Rudolph Foundation in 1982, which provides athletic and academic opportunities for her children. Black woman walking, moving by faith, stepping with courage. When you see a black woman walking, whether she's moving by a wheelchair, walker or cane, through many trials and the enemy's wiles, her feet have tried on rocky and rugged terrain. But she keeps on walking. And you keep on walking too, my sisters. Just remember those women who took a stand. Oh God, whose spirit guides us into all truth and makes us free. Strengthen and sustain us as you did your servant, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Mary Bethune, Ida Wells. They moved by faith and stepped with courage. Rosa Parks, Zora Hurston, Bessie Coleman, and Marian Anderson. Moved by faith and stepped with courage. Mother Smith, Fanny Lou Hamer, Sister Elizabeth, and Wilma Rudolph. Moved by faith and stepped with courage. Oh God, give us vision and courage to stand against oppression and injustice and all that works against the glorious liberty to which you call your children. Amen. Amen. There were other Black women who walked with courage and moved with faith. Yes, there were. Way before Hillary Clinton had her sights set on being the first female president of the United States, Shirley Chisholm put in a bid for the role in 1972. She was the first black congresswoman and the first major party black candidate to run for president. Her main passions were educational reform and social justice, which explains why she left politics in 1983 to teach. That's right, my sister. And let's not forget Dorothy Height. Height spent decades working for racial equality and women's rights. And her work often centered on the ways in which racism and sexism were inextricably linked struggles for black women. That's right. Black women who walked in faith and stood with courage. Well, that's right. Black women who walked in faith and stood with courage. And today, I am proud to add Kamala Harris, the first woman and woman of color to sit as vice president of the United States. And my favorite one walking, Michelle Obama. Oh, and let us not forget Stacey Abrams, the first major African-American gubernatorial candidate in Georgia in 2018. Ms. Abrams led the way in leading a record number of Georgians who turned out to vote in 2020. Don't forget Helen Butler, the executive director of the Georgian Coalition for the People's Agenda and Advocacy Organization, been active in elections Oh, my sisters, the list goes on and on. Deborah Scott, Executive Director of Georgia Strategic Alliance for New Directions and Unified Policies, which advocate for equality in community economic development. So, my sisters, keep right on walking. Move by faith and step with courage. Like Tamika Adams, 
executive director of Pro Georgia, a nonpartisan voter engagement advocacy organization that was born out of a coalition of 12, and it's now increased to 30. Yes, yes, yes. So let's speak words of victory and not defeat. Let's move by faith and step with courage. And fulfill your God-ordained purpose and don't retreat. Move by faith and step with courage. There are so many Black women walking that did not get a mention here, but you keep on walking because we see you. You stepped out on courage and you moved with faith. So what will you do? How will you use your faith? Show me your faith without any works, and I'll show you my works because of my faith. My name is Brene Taylor, founder of Triple Threat Vision, author of Letters to My Father, Seven Steps to Healing from the Loss of a Parent, and I am a Black woman walking. My name is Kiana Jones, founder of Hikeolution, where hiking can be a lifestyle, and I am a Black woman walking. And I am Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones, founder of Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministry, a nonprofit women's empowerment organization, and your host of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones, and I am a Black woman walking. You have been listening to a Black History Month special presentation of Black Woman Walking, taking from the book, Lights, Drama, Worship, a book of plays, sketches, and readings for the church by Karen F. Williams and adapted for this broadcast. I hope that you will share this presentation with your children, your teachers, your friends, and loved ones as we celebrate Black History Month. Black woman walking. Stepping out on faith, and moving with courage. I hope you enjoyed this special presentation of Black Women Walking presented to you by Sisters Helping Sisters in Christ Ministries Reader's Theater. If you would like to learn more about our Reader's Theater, please contact us at shsicministry at gmail.com. That's S. H-S-I-C ministry at gmail.com. 